Hey everybody, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and I want to wish all of you a happy new year. Because I am forever the eternal optimist blowing bubbles and whatnot, I am hoping that this year we can find ways to make things better for every single person on the planet. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if we actually started to, to heal, to, to build bridges, to treat everyone's differences as opportunities to become closer rather than farther apart? That's my wish for 2024. Let's see if we can make it happen. It'll be so good. You may have noticed our new theme music. Hmm? This composition is called Don't Worry, Be Frappy. <laughs> I just love that title. It's by Max Dickinson, an extraordinary musical talent from England. And we here at Onstage Offstage think it sends a funky new tone for a new year full of possibilities. All right, so let's get to it. Our guests this month are Jan Cartman and Mary Ann Nichols Hubbard, the movers and shakers behind PlayZoomers, a live online theater company founded in 2020. They present over 20 full video plays per year on Zoom, from full-length plays to multiple short plays, featuring professional theater artists. As of this broadcast, they will have produced and aired over 100 plays. Wow, talk about busy, huh? So much to cover. I just want to kind of dive right into it. As it, you, how long have you been doing this? When did PlayZoomer start? How did you How did you get around to this? This is Jan. It started in March of 2020, which may sound like a familiar date and time. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't that coincide with a little bug that went around? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty soon for the uh, for the two of you to jump on the on the Zoom bandwagon, wasn't it? That might have actually been. This is Mary. Might have actually been April, um, but uh, we were talking. Jan and I were talking at home, not being able to go to work, and um, I was telling Jan that my daughter, who had been uh, a college actor, had reconnected with her college acting friends, reading Shakespeare plays, um, and uh, doing it on Zoom. And Jan said, well, couldn't we do something like that? And yeah, I guess we could. Uh, let's put together a list of people who might be interested. They're probably stuck at home. And uh, we had a first list of about like 13 people, including one playwright, sent it out. And uh, that's how we got started. That's incredible. Have either of you ever done recorded theater work before meant for audio publication? Um, I've, as, as a professional radio person, I've recorded uh, a lot of audio books, you know, outside of my long running radio announcing gig. Um, and I've also way back when I've done radio dramas and we did, we took on touring on college campuses back in the seventies. So yeah, done a lot of recording work. So you're the technical expert for all of this. Well, I had enough skills to get us going at least. <laughs> okay. March or April of 2020, at this point, this is uh, coming up on three and a half years distance for PlayZoomers, and you've already cleared your 100th or 101st play. That's truly remarkable. Do do you sleep? Do you eat? Do either of you work? Uh, how do you manage to solicit, produce, cast, record a hundred plays? I mean, in three point 
five, six years. It's that's that's remarkable. Well, I think this is Jan. I I think the answer is the answer that everybody gives, rightly so, when they are complimented on a great um, accomplishment, which is they couldn't possibly have done it by themselves. And we didn't either. You know, we we started with each other and with the actors and, and single playwright, as Mary mentioned, and then it grew. It grew and grew and grew and grew. And we figured out <clears throat> what we needed and how to get it. And starting with plays and, and then when you ask how we get the plays, we do calls for mm -hmm. scripts. Sure. And we yeah. do calls for and you've responded to one of our calls, George. So you know how that goes. And people send in scripts. Mary's in charge of the literary committee, which does the vetting of the scripts. And that's how we choose individual plays. And also um, now our calls for scripts are thematic calls. So when we get um, scripts in in response to those, we know they will all go together as holiday plays or plays about imperfect love or plays about theater, things like that. So that's the answer to that one. In terms of directors and actors, um, a lot of it is who you know and who they know, which is the way it always is. But also we use the website backstage.com and get lots and lots of responses from that. And then we vet those as well. And in terms of audience, you start with who you know and who they know and who the actors know and the playwrights know. And yeah. that also snowballs uh, a bit. So, um, you know, we figured out all that stuff. We figured out that we needed to be a nonprofit. We needed to have a board, um, all of that. You're not kidding around with this. Oh, no, why should we be? No, this is a professional company and we do professional productions yeah. and we handle things professionally. Yeah. This isn't, hey kids, let's put on a show. No, this, <laughs> this is not totally, that. Totally. So uh in the in the very earliest days, uh George, um, this is Mary. Um, we again just had that initial group of about 13 people and one playwright, but Jan found the new play exchange, which is how we started doing other plays. Uh, I also had some um, playwriting friends back from my Washington DC days when I worked for a uh, wonderful now defunct organization called New Playwrights Theater. So I knew some playwrights from those days. Uh, and one member of that group uh, in, in August of 2020 said, really like what you gals are doing. What would it take to get you to the next level? And we said, well, you know, we were doing Zoom meetings. Um, we had looked into webinars, but it was not in the budget. And so we told him the number. He said, okay, well, would this amount of money help? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah. So in September of 2020, we started upping the game and then you know then the technical things uh started to blossom and and you know it, it really it, 2020 and 2021 were pretty crunchy times for theater so we really did have a lot of people who weren't doing live theater uh the the challenge came a little bit later when live theater started happening again maybe the summer of 2021 uh, it was sort of on again, off again. You'd, you'd have a play that would open and then it would close because of COVID or whatever. Yeah. But um, so it's it's been you know figuring out as we as we go along. But it's just been on a 
a path of growth. And, and as Jan said, you know, people who know people, the word of mouth has been really great from uh, actor to actor, director to director. Uh, Jan has also been super proactive uh, on training workshops like director's training. Uh, how do you yeah, okay. I'm, presume I'm, I'm, it's really different? Yeah. 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 And I want to say, <clears throat> excuse me, echo what Mary, <clears throat> sorry, is saying about, we call them our angels. We had mm-hmm. you know, several angels who put money up. Some of them didn't even know us. And that's the part that just totally blew our minds. They yeah. said, sounds like a good idea. It seems that you're reliable people and they gave us money and that it you know it's like the the emily's list slogan early money is like yeast that early money was yeast for us and Mm -hmm. it enabled us you know to jump ahead and do things that we needed to do um so and donors are our lifeblood also because you cannot run any theater company on ticket prices alone and so we rely on donations and we're starting to go for grants as well and jim is always sorry i'm sorry yeah and jen has always been uh i mean really proactive and we got to pay these people we got to pay these people and it's like yeah with what but um Mm -hmm. when we started uh charging that would have been i think february 2021 um it was uh, nice to be able to give, it wasn't much, but a stipend, at least to the actors, directors, right. and tech people, uh, and playwrights, of course. So um, that w- that's always been, and we'd like to be even, you know, pay even more uh, if we have the funds to do so. That's but, the hard part in theater is having the funds to pay people, because I know from community theater experience, it's, hey, kids, let's put on a show. Yeah. And a lot of people show up because they love the part. They love working with everybody else. They just love being on stage or they love doing lights and you're feeding their passion. And in a lot of cases, that's okay. You know what? I, I, I don't need any money or whatever we pay them is small an honorarium, we call it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a pittance, but it's a way of showing thanks and respect and to honor the people who've put in countless hours learning lines and making the thing happen. So yeah, theater for actually getting paid for doing theater to me has always been, what's this money for? I, I, it's, why is there a check made out to me? I don't understand. Well, oh, really? Um, so yeah, yeah we also, yeah, I agree. And, and we also find that when people are being paid and being treated as professionals, yes. they act as professionals and, and, you know, we need yeah. to count on them. They need to count on us. It's, it's an exchange and we're very clear about that. And for the most part, haven't had serious, um, problems. Uh, Jen is really the, the business guru of the whole thing. Um, I probably would have been fine with just reading plays among friends for a while, but Jan said, nope, let's you know incorporate in the state of Massachusetts. Let's go for the 501c3 so that we're a charitable nonprofit. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. But that was really, you know, Jan is our executive director for a reason. And uh, it's really, um, it's been 
incredible how this has grown thanks to, I mean, we're both still working. I'm working, I do a radio um, job two days a week and Jan is now an independent contractor in her very professional uh, wayfinding business. Um, but it's, it is a business. <laughs> yeah. I remember many years ago, it's like, it's show business. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't remember that business part. That's the hard it, part to remember because theater never does seem, unless you go to one of the major, major theaters that have you know a $70 million budget every year where they run two or three separate venues, it never does seem like a business. Well, I guess Jan never lets us lose sight of that, but mm -hmm. I'm glad to say, no, it's good. Uh, we always uh, try to, more than make our expenses for each show. So, um, and, you know, we just try to be artistically interesting and fair to all the artists involved. Respectful. I think that the money part, George, is not just, this is our, our appreciation, but this is a measure of our respect for you as a professional yes. playwright, actor, director. And, mm -hmm. and we have other people graphic designers and, you know, administrators, other people working with us, and we need their professional work as well. And so it's a good way to do that. And then I mentioned we're starting to, to get and apply for grants and any granting organization wants to know, you know, do you, you know, are you a nonprofit? Do you have a board? Yes. What other grants have you gotten? Show me your list of donors. And you know, we have all that. And how are you going to spend the money that we might, you know, grant you? Right. right. So, you know, starting from from pretty much nothing, we we went on good faith and goodwill and generosity. And we've been able to build uh, build all those things. And so that's thrilling because it puts us in a, in a place where we can, you know, we're always looking to do something creatively challenging. Mm -hmm and new and different and what can be done with this medium of online theater because for the most part not a whole lot has been done with it other than than streaming live plays amazingly enough yes and one of the things that surprises me over the past couple of years is zoom stock has been going steadily down I've been watching it over the past couple of years um, because I thought this was going to shoot through the roof. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's on a Zoom. Businesses are doing it. Theaters doing it. Friends are talking. And the stock has continued to tank consistently huh. over, th over three years, which surprises me. I have absolutely no idea how or why. But the thing that does surprise me about it is even if it's not Zoom, some other app some other application has yet to come through that is dedicated to theater where you can do scene changes faux scene changes where you can change backgrounds where you can make things happen stage-wise in a virtual situation and I am waiting for that technology to come through because when it does, I'm right. all over. Some of it, some so of it is already <laughs> there, George. Uh, I mean, uh, as soon as we knew about virtual backgrounds, that's when it became important for our actors to have decent cameras. Uh, they had to have good webcams. They mm -hmm. had to have uh, a big 
green screen that wasn't wrinkled. Uh, they needed to be able to, we do things with, I remember people were like, oh my God, they passed cups. And it really looked like they were passing cups from one actor to the other. Uh, but, you know, there are ways, there are techniques mm -hmm. of, you know, m making you really feel uh, in the scene, in the moment, but there are limitations. I wish that we could um, do better job with, you know, fading in and fading out. That's not a Zoom sure, thing yeah. we yeah. can easily do yet. I mean, but, you know, as much as the tech allows, we really try to bring you into the scene. Uh, and, and sometimes if it's not a virtual background, we have done uh, a situation where we live streamed a play where a set with a grant was built especially for this play the actors were paid from the grant they had three cameras and that was that was a little bit of a uh, an experiment and a departure for us but it's mm -hmm. something we hope to be able to uh do again so we really i think we really do try to push the envelope when we have the uh availability of our our best tech directors yeah, it sounds more like you're getting into filmmaking in a sense. It's so well, there's a crossover. Yeah, there's yeah. a crossover. We use stuff, we use yeah. videos, video introductions, intros and and conclusions, outros. We mm -hmm. use sometimes videos as scene change um, yeah. information, all of that. So yeah, I think there's some some crossover there. But like you we would love it if anybody within the sound of our voices is a <laughs> person who would like to come up with a technology that would be built for online theater. Zoom was never built for that. Um, we would be the first ones in the virtual door. Yep. I'm sure it would, I'm sure it would go like hotcakes. Why everybody likes hotcakes, I still haven't figured out, but you know. Are you surprised that you are where you are now considering your mindset when you started? I'm not surprised. This is Mary uh, because of um, Jan's brilliant leadership. Um, when Jan decides she wants to do a project, she is 150% in on that. Um, and I happily help out and do my thing. And my, my thing in this case is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, vetting the plays, being in touch with uh, the playwrights, being in touch with the vetters. Um, what happens, for example, Jan had uh, put out a call for holiday scripts uh, last spring. And so there was a drop dead date when they all had to be in. So we had 180 holiday scripts, shorter ones, wow. usually 10 to 20 uh, minutes. And so Jan said, okay, they're all in, here they are. We have an assistant and I said, could you please group all of these plays in alphabetical order in groups of 10? And I had a half a dozen vetters. I would send those plays out to the vetters. Mm -hmm. They would say, uh, okay, I like to play one, five and seven. So I would read the ones they liked and would not, you know, if they had said no sure. to the other ones. And so, you know, that, but that still left us with about 35 or 40 plays that needed to be read for mm -hmm. the holidays. Um, and so the nice thing is we actually got more than enough for this year. <laughs> right. That's and nice. that is nice. That's what yeah. we do with these is we're trying to program way in advance if we can. 
Um, so Mary, you know, Mary underplays her contributions. Mary's contributions are significant uh, because without the knowledgeable eye and ear and imagination of how will this, how will these words on paper translate mm -hmm. to a play on Zoom and will it work? period work for our audience can we cast it can we find a good director for it is it technical within our technical capabilities on and on those are critically important decisions and thematically you know what are we going to do over the course of the year how are we going to develop our program when are we going to do full-length plays when are we going to do short plays all of that um that's in in mary's court so you both have day jobs in, in addition to this yeah. well but, it's, you know, I'm not a five-day-a-week commuter into Boston anymore, thank God. Uh, the pandemic sent me home. Actually, there was a period of five weeks when I was sent home. That's when PlayZoomers got started because I had all this extra time on my hands yeah. until they figured out how to get my radio studio here at home. Ooh, and something, a nice microphone. Something, wow. Yeah, something you haven't asked, but I'll tell you anyway, is how did we become friends. How did oh, we yeah. know each other? Because I was going to get to that. That was a little uh, longer right. on the list here, but no, right. let's jumped, go I with jumped, it. Come on. Jump the gun. Um, because starting, you know, an endeavor, any kind of endeavor yeah. with someone you know and trust is a completely different thing than yeah. taking a chance on your partner. And yeah. Mary and I have known each other since we were 12 years old. And so we know and trust each other. We know how to communicate. We, you know, we know how to do give and take, all mm -hmm. of that. And that, I think, starting from the strength of a long, dear friendship also made this, made this possible. It doesn't guarantee success, but you often hear stories of the original partners who have a falling out. That's oh, the end of the organization. Sure, yeah, that's common. Yeah. But that's not yeah. that's not the case here. That's that wonderful. Goes back to junior high school, junior high school <laughs> band and orchestra. Right. <laughs> that's amazing. Congratulations to you both. Maintaining a friendship yeah. for a period of time is always a struggle. And one of one very very sweet thing is that our band and orchestra director from our junior high days is one of our most faithful attendees. He just turned 90. He just turned 90. Wow. So, yeah, Good on are, him. That's, what, that's extremely great. honored by that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, it's, not, I'm not surprised you're well-loved considering everything. I would like to, because we're talking about play production here now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And but that's not the only thing you do. I'm, I'm looking through this list of, of things, and I can't believe there's only two of you. Uh, really, we train online directors and hold table reads for playwrights with new work. Yep. Okay. Um, let's talk about training the online directors. Do you, That would be Jan. Okay. Yeah. So, so directing an online play and directing an online play for us is different than directing a, an onstage play. You know, that you, you have to do your auditions and have your actors and do your yeah. rehearsals and all of that. There's a lot of that stuff that, that's in common. But having it be online and having to come up, let's start with the idea of a Zoom script, okay? So there are annotations that need to be made in the script that the actors get uh, with regard to 
uh, sound effects and music and pass, like Mary said, you know, physicality, passing of things, and which way to turn, which way to enter, which way to exit it, or, and when to turn your mic and camera on and when to turn them off. All those things are unique to Zoom. And after 100 plays, we've figured that stuff out pretty well. It's, of course, different for every new play that comes along, and that's what makes it interesting. But when we train directors, we go through all of that in great detail. We have a director guide, a, a written guide that goes into every part of the, um, the process from um, how you work with the playwright to selecting your actors to working with the tech directors and on and on and on. And that's really, really important. We, we can't take anybody coming in the street, coming in the door who... Uh, hasn't done this before without without training. So we feel it's important to do that. So your scripts end up sort of looking like screenplays a little bit, I would guess. A little, yeah, it's yeah. not quite as, as detailed as a screenplay, but mm -hmm. we definitely need all the cues. Sometimes they're color-coded, you know, uh, actor one, camera on, actor, you know. And, and, um, yeah, because this is video and tell, not just audio. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The actors are their own tech people. And sometimes yeah. you get a really brilliant actor who has never done this before. And woof, here, there's a learning curve. There's a definite learning curve. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because it's, it's, a, it's a new arena for most of us. Yeah. But Jan has done um, director training. Um, I'm usually the one who handles the table reads. Okay, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We started doing that. Uh, I guess our first table read would have been January of 2021. And uh, sometimes we'll get a script that we think, hmm, I think this will work. I'm not 100% sure. Why don't we, you know, I, I have directed a bunch of them. Why don't we get together a, a cast, have the playwright invite, you know, a small audience who knows mm -hmm theater. And uh, so that's pretty much how it started with a, a handful of uh, people. But I think one of the first plays that we um, did was uh, one of our Berkshire, Massachusetts uh, playwrights. He had a play about the pandemic, about people being on a cruise, three people on a cruise ship, when the pandemic is coming first to be known and what happens to these three characters. And um, we thought, well, I, it's interesting. It's well written. The characters are very well developed, but it's on a ship. You know, how do we, how do we do this? Again, this was early on into yeah. the mm -hmm. virtual yeah. backgrounds and stuff for us. So we, we got a director. Uh, she found three actors. We, we put it on. Uh, she got virtual backgrounds going. I think that was the first time we'd used them for that table read. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, you know, we just, there's a, this is doable for us. And so other table reads that we've had, sometimes they've been short plays. Usually they've been mid-length and longer plays, but it, it provides, actually, we're seeing two functions of the table read. First, for us, is this something that we might like to fully develop as a full-blown play Zoomers production? Um, but the second part is, Playwrights sometimes have a very difficult time getting their work up there. And of course, seeing somebody, seeing professional actors 
read your work, even if they've only had one or two rehearsals, is very mm-hmm. valuable in and of itself. So, uh, Jan, would you like to speak to that second part? Yeah. And so we, you know, we've done, there's a list of, of the table reads that we've done on our website, playsdimmers.org. Um, but one thing that we've decided to offer in the future um, is for a certain amount, for a certain budget that will depend on the length of the play and the number of characters and technical details, we will um, be open to having playwrights contact us who are interested in having a table read done, and we will contract with them to do it. So, and this would be online, of course, um, but that's something potentially interesting. I think most of the playwrights, if not all of them who have had table reads done, uh, have felt that they learned something valuable and have changed their scripts and, you know, changed whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to change after that. But it's um, it's a way of really seeing a, a three-dimensional work, um, at least in the two-dimensional, two dimensions that online provides with an imaginary third dimension. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. because hearing other people read your words for the first time instead of just hearing them in your own head. Right. And they also, and George, they also get a a recording of it and they can also invite whoever they want. Uh, And you know, one thing we haven't mentioned at all is we don't just present these plays, table reads or full blown productions. We Mm -hmm. have something called a talk back. I think, I think, Jan, that was your idea too, uh, to have the talk back, to have anybody want to stay after, after the reading, you could, uh, you know, either type or, ask the playwright, the actor, the director, the producers, uh, anything you wanted or make comments about the plays. It's, yeah. it's, and it's been uh, a bonding experience usually. Do you set <laughs> rules some... for the talkbacks? Do you set things you can do, can't do? Haven't had to do any censoring so far. Okay. <laughs> no. And, and we've had some, you know, vast variety of, of plays some of which um, have been um, political, you know, so yeah. some of the discussions have been fascinating after not and not just that political plays engender interesting oh, sure. discussion. Mm-hmm. But we've had we've had some very um very enthusiastic, heated, interesting discussions, which I think was beyond, certainly beyond my expectation when we started having the talkbacks. And we do yeah. so if we do two performances, uh in a performance weekend, we will do a talk back after each one. Yeah. And they're different mm-hmm. because the people involved. Oh, yeah. 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 Talk, talk backs are, and I'm using the word with air quotes, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Because I am such an avid fan of development. I mean, I even wrote a book on the subject. But all of my work is, goes through a development process. And yeah. readings and changes happen and hearing it f- from other people's voices coming back at me makes me think about what I've done in different ways because just because I wrote it one way doesn't mean it's going to be read that way. Mm. And you get new perspective on this. And I I look at talkbacks as impossible fonts of, of new information about the play. And I'm always welcome to have that. Uh, But I've also 
part of me also looks upon talkbacks and I get the shivers too, because uh, some well, things can get, well, you know, having people rewrite my play for me, which is not something I'm, I'm ever welcome to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's been just, there's been a little bit of that with with some of the table reads, but especially with a, a, an audience that includes other playwrights, George, what you just said is very much on their minds. It's like, I'm not going to be offering, you know, uh, strategic advice to this playwright because he's that's his work. Mm. Uh, you know, I might have um, a couple of comments here or there, but yeah, but but some audience members just say, no, nah, I think that would have worked much better if that character mm -hmm. had dressed in a chicken costume and yeah, da, 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 or whatever. Yeah, we, my we favorite one is your, your play needs zombies. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm going to go back and put like a bunch of undead people in my play. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Oh, God. We, we've had some playwrights offer feedback after mm -hmm. the talk back or after the table read in an email to the playwright so it's not that all feedback has to be public there are oh there yeah are ways. yeah no, absolutely absolutely yeah. there's i want to move on to something else which i've been dying to get to act me a story now producing storybook videos for under-resourced children of color tell me about this because this sounds beautiful so I spent 40 years of my life in Michigan um, after I lived in Massachusetts and before I moved back to Massachusetts. So it was my sandwich place to live. And while I was there, um, I um, started and was active in an adult song and dance troupe for 25 years. And one of my um, song and dance partners who became a dear friend uh, started an organization in Michigan to work with under-resourced children and families and teachers uh, to promote literacy, because uh, literacy is low in this um, town. It's a town outside of Ann Arbor called Ypsilanti. And I was um, an advisor to him as he was starting that organization. And one day he said to me, you know, I think it would be great to have people read to do videos for these children, but the people I'm getting to do it don't seem to be doing a very good job with it. Can you make some suggestions? And I looked at the videos and I could see why they weren't doing a very good job. They weren't making eye contact. They weren't holding up the book. They weren't reading with expression. They weren't taking on character voices and attitudes and all of that. Sure. And I thought, wow, I'm sitting on bunches of actors and directors and you're sitting on kids who could use this, um, you know, book videos, why don't we figure out how we can work together? And that's how Act Me A Story got started. So it's a program since the, the, um, the kids that he's working with are mostly children of color, we felt it was important that they see actors who look like them. And who, you know, so we have recruited right. actors of color um, and directors, and we have a whole program going. We have expert early childhood education experts who help us pick the books. And this is an ongoing program. We have a, a separate kind of operates separately, but within PlaySumers, we have a supervising director and actors and, and directors, and we produce these videos. So it's very exciting and they've been they've been well received. Excellent. That's that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. You, 
you mentioned something which has always been uh, an item that I try and bring up, and that is relevancy to the audience. Um, you said finding actors that look like the audience. And I think that's always been a problem with theater because especially in doing things like the old chestnuts, okay? They were written by a certain group. They were performed for a certain group. And we worry about getting new blood, new life, new new youngsters into theater. And it's, it's probably one of the hardest mediums to get people to attune themselves to especially when nobody looks like them. And it's very, very difficult to engage an audience if it's foreign material. I mean, what, what does it matter to me? Why am I here? Why am I hearing this? Why, do, why should I care about this? Yeah. But when they see people that they can relate to and they can understand that what usually whatever comes out of the actor's mouths has relevancy and is absorbed and the audience responds to this with interest and accessibility I, on on one level i think george is what you're you're talking about right. and that mm -hmm. that's another thing that play zoomers has been doing and it, it sort of also feeds into jan's areas of expertise um accessibility uh is something that we've really been fortunate to offer with play zoomers i mean during yeah. the pandemic no, very few people could go out certainly nobody wanted to congregate in a theater so in that sense you know we started off being accessible to people right there in their own homes but jan has taken it uh even a couple steps farther jan if you'd like to speak to yeah. that and 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 then we'll get back to george's george's other point um we we are letting people know that they can get closed captioning with mm -hmm. our presentations. It is at this point automated closed captioning, which if you've ever seen, you know, is okay, but not terrific. It yeah. kind of does get homonyms confused. And, and <laughs> it gets very interesting sometimes, yes. Right, yeah. it's better than nothing. One of the things that we're looking to fund with our grant proposals is more accessibility like live closed captioning and sign language and Ooh, you know nice. other ways that we can enable people with disabilities to engage in theater one of the things that we have figured out how to do is to make our playbills accessible every every show has playbills has a playbill and uh, we figured out how to how to do how to do that so that they are readable by the screen readers that um some people who are blind use. Yeah. So I think I think that's part of it. But in your in your question about can you look at the at the plays and look at the actors and see something that you can relate to? Yeah. Um, we do we do our absolute best to do that. We we can't unless we commission the plays, which we haven't done yet, make plays come in the door that don't come in the door. But when they do come in the door and they have something important or funny or relevant to the theme to say, and we produce them, um, we do everything we can to um, populate them with actors, the kind of actors that the playwright has requested. And sure. that goes yeah. across race and across gender and across you know, sexual 
uh, orientation and, yeah. uh, and and age too and age yeah, yeah right we, yeah. Had, uh, we had I guess our oldest actor is eighty six or eighty seven she did a full length play with us uh, earlier this year mm -hmm. um, and in September we needed a bar mitzvah boy and by golly <laughs> we got one fourteen year old kid so nice. yeah yeah. So, so we, you know, we, we do our best. That is a goal of us mm -hmm. to, to become more diverse in our plays and our actors and directors. And again, for the people listening, you have plays, <laughs> you're interested in acting with us, let us know. All that information is on our website, playzoomers, playzoomers.org. That's absolutely amazing. And, and when you said before about producing the old chestnuts, I think in the 100 plus plays that we've done mm -hmm. at this point in time, we have only done one play that was previously known. Right. Some of them have been previously produced, but previously known. So most, if you if you come to a Play Zoomers play, you will see something original and it's likely that you will not have seen it before. And that's part of the attraction. Mm -hmm. Something else that we're trying to do with this kind of low ticket price and low barrier to um, participation, you can watch it in the comfort of your home. It doesn't matter about the weather. You don't have yeah. to worry about parking, all of that, is that some people are reluctant to attend theater because sure, they're yeah. afraid. Afraid mm -hmm. they won't understand it, afraid it'll be too expensive, afraid mm -hmm. of the unknown, all of those things. You we take make a big it chance going to theater because it is expensive to fill those seats. Yeah, and tickets right. aren't cheap. And even right. though it looks good, do you want to spend? Because you're probably gonna buy food. You're gonna you're gonna go out, you have to get dressed, you have to put pants on, first of all. Okay. Um you may have to get a babysitter. You know, exactly. It's, yeah. It's all of that. None of that is relevant to what we do. And so we part of the audience that we're looking to attract are people who <laughs> to to uh, bastardize some current language who are theater curious. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are I love it. Saying, oh, yeah. You know, I'm you know, I kind of always wanted to watch play, but you know, I, I didn't want to spend the money, I didn't want to travel, yeah. but you know, for less than 20 bucks, if I can do that, mm -hmm. okay, I'll give it a try. And, and we hope, of course, when they try and they like, and then there's, there's a talk back and there's a play bill and there's, you know, uh, and we're very friendly. Um, yeah. They'll come back. Before we go, I really want to talk to you both about something in your personal lives. Mary, you List yourself as executive director of the Heart of Taunton. Oh, that was a while back, yes. Okay, but it says you are improving the cultural and aesthetic environment for downtown Taunton. And I'm sitting <laughs> here thinking, I've been hired, you've been hired to do a remake of an entire city downtown. And how would you even go about that? Well, uh, fortunately, when I came in, I was the the third executive director, there was a, a very big movement in the 90s and the early 2000s for the the U.S. Main Streets uh, mm -hmm. revitalization. Uh, a lot of beautiful, smaller cities and towns, uh, perhaps they had been bypassed by major roadways and the downtowns were 
in trouble. Um, they uh, there was this national movement to really have people take on um, the problems of downtowns that were faltering. And so that's pretty much what I did. I used my uh, cultural background to uh, this little city of Taunton, mm -hmm. 50,000 people was known as the Christmas city. So my very first task was to put on a lights on festival where the, the green was decorated um, mostly by um town workers and high school kids in, in shop classes. And uh, I had to organize all of the entertainment at the various buildings around the center of town. Um, and then I we had a concert series in the summer. So I, yeah, it was a lot of cultural stuff as well yeah. as working with the, the shop owners and the storekeepers and uh, trying to come to agreements on, you know, what can we do? Banners, new trash cans. I mean, just working with the shop owners, uh, the city government and the cultural uh, folks to try and make people come to downtown Taunton and go like, oh, this is this is pretty. This is nice. There's a reason to come downtown. That was, you know, so I did that for three years in between my my longer running radio gigs. That's incredible. How did you manage to budgetize something like that? Um, there was um, there were people who were members of the heart of Taunton. It was mostly downtown uh, businesses, a lot of banks, banks mm -hmm. and hospitals. And insurance companies were the ones that, you know, uh, put the most in that paid paid my salary. And, you know, I had to grow the membership to bring in the money for that. But, of course, we did a good amount of theater when I was there. <laughs> Made sure that we had a lot of theater as well as music and concerts and stuff. Neither one of you is much of a lazy bones. I mean, you, <laughs> I, I feel like I should check into a retirement home as soon as I get off of here. Um the fact that you both do so much. Jan, okay, I don't know what wayfinding is, and I've never heard of an architectural sociologist, but it sounds way cool. Well, the idea, I'll start with the, the second part, an architectural sociologist deals with how people deal with the spaces that we're in and how mm -hmm. spaces can be designed to accommodate the behaviors that take place. So think about a hospital. How does a hospital need to be designed so that patients and visitors feel comfortable, that doctors have a place to um, gather and talk and do their jobs, that nurses have a place to be off stage for a while so that they're, they're not constantly on. There are just a million um, issues that have to do with the design of the physical environment. Uh, privacy, accessibility, um, all those kinds of things, noise mm -hmm. are, are all part of that. So wayfinding is the term for how people understand where they are in space, figure out where they need to go, find and follow a route to that destination, recognize the destination when they get there, and then either repeat the process and go on to their next destination or reverse it and find their way back to their starting point. Sounds very easy, but as you know, from being out in the world, mm -hmm. think of your favorite or yeah. least favorite hospital, airport, art museum, university, mm -hmm. all these places, and those are just oh, yeah. buildings. And then we have lots of outdoor places as well that where people become confused and disoriented, and that has a lot of negative 
consequences. Yeah. Um, and so those are the kinds of issues that I dealt with in my non-arts professional life for 40 some years. Oh my gosh, you both are so eminently practical. I just, it's, wow. It's not surprising the plays Hermes has gotten where it's gotten over the past three and a half years and over a hundred plays. That's amazing. Kudos to you both. I wish you the best and may plays Hermes keep going for another three and a half, 10 years. Thank you, George. And congratulations to you. And thanks to you for your podcast. I think the idea of making theater people and theater issues available um, is so important. It's an important part of keeping theater alive um, in the United States and around the world. And thank you so much for your part in that. No, thank you very I, much. I, I echo that, George. Thank you. And uh, again, if anybody would like to check out playzoomers.org, mm -hmm. uh, everything that we talked about and more is there. Hey kids, thanks for listening to On Stage, Off Stage. On Stage, Off Stage is produced monthly and all of our shows can be found at onstageoffstage.org and also on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoy what we do, please recommend us to your friends. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OnOffStage. And if you are a theater artist with an upcoming project or interest or know of someone in the theater world who'd make good chat, by all means, send us a note at onstageoffstagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is Don't Worry, Be Frappy by the composer Max Dickinson. You can find a lot more of Max's magnificent music on SoundCloud. I'm George Sapio. Thanks once again for listening, and please... Be kind to those with whom we share this rock. And as always, happy theatering to all of you.